Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Jason Neal, one of the co-owners of PW United. I must warn you that the Yellow Block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. So be warned and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Yellow Block, a PW United podcast. And as you've just heard at the intro now on the Talk Sport Fan Network, which is very exciting. I am Tim and I'm joined this evening by Nathan. Evening. You all right? Yeah, and about yourself? Not bad, not bad. Thank you very much. Good. Also delighted to welcome back Sam. Hi, Tim. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Yeah, all right. After after the weekend, of course. Yeah, exactly. That three points always is what the doctor ordered. And I'm also joined by Jared. Now, I've just found out, Jared, that you have held hands and said, I love you, because that's how you make babies, obviously. I've just found out that you've got your lovely wife pregnant. Uh, I didn't. I genuinely didn't know this until just now. Um, so congratulations! You're looking at me like this isn't public news, but uh, it is now. So congratulations, Jared! Yay! Yeah, I've kicked her in the back for the second time. Um, it's all good. She's uh, she's doing well. But yeah, I've not been shouting about it. But thank you very much. Yeah, I, 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 a I didn't know this, and B I didn't know you had it in you for a second time. So nor did I. But I've got a good two minutes in me every now and again, Tim. <laughs> what do you do for the other ninety seconds? Is it, uh, <laughs> no, that's good news, mate. Good uh, little, Thank you very much. little boy or girl. When are we due? Boy and March. Wow, we even know. see so you're on your way to a five-a-side team now. I'm getting there. Have you picked a name yet? No, not yet. I'm gonna gonna have a ganders. Normally, what I did last time is just like a. Go into an old care home and choose any old name. That's what we like to do. So I'll have a rummage about and have a look. <laughs> That's very true. It does also mean, of course, that, you know, Matthew Kisby isn't around, uh, allowed around your house for the next 18 years. Anyway, since we uh, last recorded, and apologies, by the way, there's been a gap since we last recorded. It's a very long story. It involves Jared and the Morrison's fresh produce aisle. But in any case, we're back. And since that last episode, we've played four times, won twice, lost once, drawn one. Oh, and we're through to the next round of the Nestle Cup. Insert rapturous applause here. Oh, and DMAC has dumped us for some wombles. That's all coming up on the Yellow Block. Will be playing championship football next season. 
So the official Posh podcast is coming back for its, I want to say, third relaunch. Might be more, I don't know. They're asking for a host. Uh, any takers? Jared is 18 times host of the season. Are you interested in dipping your hat into the, the Posh ring? I don't think I speak well enough of that, do you? No, and there is probably reading involved, which obviously, as we know, is your Achilles heel as well. That is, is a problem, yeah. Sam, you seem like an obvious choice with your connections. You, you launched the kit a few years ago. Surely the Posh Podcast is the next step. Yeah, yeah, but I've, I've not been invited back since. I think my hair just greatly offended everyone because that was right <laughs> in the height of lockdown. I think, you know, it, um, I was 90% hair on the screen at that point and just obviously horrified everyone to never be asked again. You did launch one of the sexiest kits of the last few years, though. So there is that going. I'll take personal head. credit for that. What, yeah, I, was it? Was, it was the away. Was it the away kit or the home kit? I can't remember which one I held. It I was, was the home, home kit. kit. It, it was, was yeah. It was a home the... kit. And your enthusiasm prompted me to order one there and then. And I well, very, very rarely. I ordered. I got paid nothing, I and a... I had zero percent commission. So. Um... <laughs> Tim, you, you uh, Tim, you brought the kit, and I booked myself in for a haircut after watching it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, sudden spike in barbers, wasn't there? Nathan, you, I saw your name tagged on Twitter. Could you be tempted over to the dark side of the official pod? Was I tagged? Yes, I hope so. I'm sure I saw you tagged on Twitter. No, if, oh, if it was, I didn't see it. Oh, fair I enough. Can't well, lie. There you go. I've just, I've just volunteered you in any case. <laughs> Of course, none of you want to leave the yellow block and you're all, you know, contractually obliged to be here for 12 months. But other than that, you know, you're more than welcome to. We, we, we'll, we'll, we'll talk agents fees with um, with Phil Adlam at uh, Posh. That can be done. Um, Kisby, maybe, do we reckon? Please take him. Yeah, uh, have him. Posh Check podcast. Him. The episodes would be two hours long, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it would, you know, they they can have him on a free Loan will pay his wages however they want to do it. Um, just yeah, <laughs> Dara says that he's off to Wimbledon. Uh, I don't know if you lads have seen this, but uh, in a five live interview, he uh, hypothetically, I need to add, uh, said that Wimbledon would be his or in his top five uh, of next. Uh, next ventures. Now, bearing in mind, he's looking at selling the club allegedly to spend time with his family. Uh, and he's already eyeing up, it would seem, his next challenge. It kind of reminds me of Dembele wanting to move nearer to home and then ended up in Bournemouth, doesn't it, a little bit? Um, I don't know. What do we think about this and the fact he wants to take on the Wombles? I don't know. I don't know. You've got to take it with a pinch of salt, haven't you? It, feel, it reminds me a bit of Ronnie O'Sullivan in his latest interview when he goes into his his regular outbursts, but um, I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't know if, if, if your reason for selling is to spend more time with the family, whether you'd go and go and buy somewhere else. But of course he did nearly buy Woking before, before Posh. That was the club he very, very nearly bought. I think it's quite close to where his UK base was. So obviously Wimbledon, um, not a million miles away either from, from that. So, um, you know, I can see the appeal of that. It's a club with a new ground and, and would be on the up, but, uh, but yeah, um, as I say, pinch of salt on that one. You can see the potential at the club, though. It's true what he says, isn't it, Nathan? They are a a sleeping giant. They've got real potential. The fan base from the previous Wimbledon never really emigrated over to MK Don, so that there's there's probably an appetite there. Uh, and geographically, it's in a pretty good area. Yeah, yeah. No, they are a good club, and and they've got a similar kind of youth academy to us. You know, they they try and pr produce their own players. Um, always sort of 
you know, been a historical club, maybe even more so than ourselves. So I, I can see the appeal. Um, and obviously, yeah, being close to where he's from or where he has a house even. Um, and obviously that kind of London connection um, probably does have its, yeah, have have its plus points. So yeah, I, I'm not surprised. And, and again, as Sam said, I think, yeah, take it with a pinch of salt purely because we don't know the context of too much of what was said in that interview. I've not heard the rest of it. So I don't quite know what question was sort of posed to him too much more than that. Um, and I think he's always said this. He's always said that if, if he's not involved in Bosch, he would always buy another club somewhere else. Um, so I don't think it's a surprise on that front. I think it's more maybe the framing of that, that short clip maybe sort of makes it look a little bit worse than it is. But even so, I, I think it's it's a little bit foolhardy to kind of talk quite that matter of fact about things when you're still owning a club. It's probably not the best idea, but also at the same time, you know, he's he's free to speak his mind and he, he does that on his own podcast as well. So I, I guess we can't sort of bash him too much for that, but it you know, maybe wasn't the greatest idea, I suppose. Yeah, it's the most it is the most direct the most direct kind of statement ever. You know what it reminds me of, and I probably shouldn't say this, particularly not on a on when it's recorded. But uh, with my uh, one of my previous ex girlfriends, uh, the relationship had gone relatively sour, relatively stale. I'm looking I, I kind of, where this is going, actually. I, <laughs> I, I, most people are just surprised at that point that I've I've added that. But yeah, I, um, I did notice girlfriends in plural as well, Tim. So I know, I know, I've 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 had a, only a couple, but I I it was going stale, and it was also coming up to my birthday, and I knew that the relationship had run its course. Uh, I'm not saying I hang, I held on because my birthday was coming, but. Um, I sort of buried my head in the sand. And when she was asking what I wanted for my birthday, God, I'm such a dreadful human. I've realized as I'm describing this now, uh, I asked for an iTunes voucher, knowing full well that I would probably use it to pay for Tinder Plus uh, once I'd finally ended the relationship with with her. Uh, that's exactly what this situation <laughs> reminds me of just here. He's using his his pedestal at posh to try and pitch for his next uh his next venture god i'm such a terrible human being no i think dara's always had that soft spot for for wimbledon and he i think he's always liked them he i know he mentioned before the reason he started you know being a fan of liverpool was because they were they were playing um it was liverpool v wimbledon in the in the fa cup so he could have well been a wimbledon fan so i think he's always had that soft spot from know he likes bradford as well um i think he, he wants a new challenge now don't he he's uh, I know what everything he says you have to dilute a little bit, but I think he's he's looking elsewhere more than ever before. Yeah, and I think I think we've been in this situation before, haven't we, where words have been said and rumors have been circulating and it you know, I think that was the first thing that happened when um you know, when Randy and Jason came on board back in whatever it was, 20, 2018, and it was like, okay, this is the exit strategy for Dara to slowly hand things over and then and then move out. And of course the relegation last season wouldn't have helped and you know, the whole atmosphere around the club wouldn't have helped as well last season. And and he may well have gone, you know, stale and, and fed up with it. So, um, you know, it, it may be very legitimate, but there may also be a, a bit of strategical positioning here on a platform like like he was on to sort of maybe get some posh fans to think, oh, do we really want him to go or not and, and bring some of that love back? I don't know. It, you know, it, it, you, it, two different ends of the spectrum and it's probably one of those rather than anything in the middle, you know, either entirely um, legitimate or entirely strate strategical. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's too early to start doing a, a post-mortem of his tenure because he's, he's still in situ. But one of the things that we will talk about when he does 
uh, Lieb is his dealings in the transfer market uh, because that's kind of been the, the foundation of our success over these last few years. But we know there's been some that have... Uh, you throw enough mud and it doesn't stick. And, and there has been some absolute tosh that's come in during D-Max era, um, which is an unfortunate segue to another uh, news point, I guess, that's come up over the last couple of weeks, which is that of young Joel Randall. Um, he's come in for a lot of criticism um, to the point that it's led the owners and the manager to come out and basically tell the fan base to, to back off um, and give the give the, the kids some slack. Now, we know he had some issues last year. We, we don't know the full extent of that. And I think we can probably read into that what we need to, the fact that the club have never told us everything that's gone on. Um, and it's difficult because I can see both sides here. I can see that, you know, you don't want to berate him. He is young. He's clearly had problems. But at the same time, as a club, we've invested a million pounds into this kid. Um, and it's probably fair to say, you know, even at the moment, we're not really seeing much of a return on that, uh, that investment just now. Yeah, I think that'd be fair to say. But I think also on the flip side, he's not really had a run of starts to be able to sort of build into his form. He, he seems to be a confidence player. Um, and when you're only getting, you know, 20 minutes here, half an hour here, I mean, I know obviously he started midweek in, in the cup. Um, but he, yeah, he just can't seem to to sort of catch a break, really. And it's it's just one of those unfortunate situations where, you know, last season's happened and, and he's gone into a new season thinking this is when I can kick on and you know, maybe he's, he's not been able to grasp the opportunity yet. But, you know, as a fan base, we are so quick to, to sort of, you know, say that a player's crap and, you know, let's ship him off again. Um, I think he's a player that just clearly just needs an arm around the shoulder, just needs a couple of games where, you know, he has a reasonable performance and then he can build from there. Um, you know, we've only got to look at, at certain other players that we've had across the years. You know, Leo De Silva Lopez got absolutely hammered from a fan base for a good year and a half or two. Um, and I just think it, it does not the player no good. Um, you know, I'm not saying that we can't criticise and say a player's been poor, but on the flip side, I, I think the level of abuse he gets does go too far. Um, and it is a bit of a problem in, in football generally, not just not just with our club. Um, but it's, yeah, I, I think he's a player that just needs a bit of time. And I think we just, as kind of the club have said, just, just back off a little bit, just give him a bit of time just to sort of, you know, get settled and, and try and build into uh, into a run of form, really. Sam, as, as someone that's in the sort of inner workings of other clubs from a, a media perspective, is this unique to Posh in terms of the way that we turn on some of our younger and potentially more promising players? There's still, for example, people that are taking every opportunity they can to, to berate Ronnie Edwards, even though he's clearly destined for the top. Is that is that us or is that just football? I think it's just football. I think it's just football. You know, maybe, maybe it's slightly heightened at Posh, considering you know, the, the size of the club just because of the success they've had with bringing people through and people have made immediate impacts. And obviously, you know, the likes of Dwight Gale is, is absolutely at the top of that list in terms of where he was where he, when he came in to, to them when he left just months later. So I think probably it's particularly acute at Posh just because of, yeah, how, how good they've been at, at promoting players and progressing players. But, um, you know, I think, I think on this pod a few... A few episodes ago, we we were discussing Ricky J. Jones, and we all sort of unanimously came to the opinion that that yes, okay, perhaps it was underwhelming where he was at the moment, but he'd had a bad run of injuries, stop start, and and we felt that with a bit of time in the team, he would come good. And and thankfully, we're not ending up with egg on our face. You know, we are seeing that with with him. With Joel Randall, I feel less convinced of that than I did with Ricky J. Jones, and I think. 
I think there's a lot that's unfortunate about it. And, you know, how far do you go back to trace a goal to, to who who made the error? But, you know, he, he comes on when we're 3-0 up against MK Dons. We nearly throw it away, 3-2. He comes on when we're 1-0 up against Wickham. We lose 3-1. He comes on when we're 1-0 down. Again, he plays, sorry, and we're 1-0 down against Wickham in the Cup. And then, you know, we go and equalise after he comes off. So when you look at it at a really basic level like that, it doesn't look good for him. Um, he missed a big chance last year, didn't he? Was it in... There was, Derby, was a game was 0-0, was it? Was it a Reading game or was it Barnsley? It was the home game. It was a home game, I think. And we had a chance to win it. It might have Barnsley, been Barnsley, I think. Barnsley, Barnsley won. Yeah, that awful, awful game at the end of November. And he had a chance and he, he didn't he didn't take it. And he did look good pre-season, didn't he, Randall? He was he was scoring some goals, but it's just for whatever reason, and you know, you've alluded to it there. He said that he had trouble moving in. It's a long way from Exeter. He he struggled mentally, he didn't really feel settled, then he got that injury. So whether it's just gonna take a bit more time because of that, but um yeah, like I said, I think my point is that I feel less confident that he will come good at posh than I felt about Ricky J. Jones. Jared? Yeah, I mean, like Nathan said, we're all entitled to criticise, but I'd echo what he said there. I think it goes too far. Um, I, I think what's added to that is one thing Dara does do is when he said about the £20 million thing, and that really doesn't help him, especially coming in, obviously, as Sam alluded to, he's had a tough start moving away from home. He's a young lad. So he's going to be struggling with that. Um, but yeah, we, saying he's had a bad game is one thing, but the constant uh, just mocking him all the time, I, I don't see the sense in that. When he puts on a posh jersey, he's trying to do his best. He's not out there to score own goals. You know, he, He's trying to win games for posh, and obviously it's not worked out to date. But I think it's a, a football issue, but I just... I can't see the sense in constantly berating him every time he misses a chance or anything like that. There's no need for that. If we just get behind him a little bit, and that'll probably give him that extra few percent to actually, you know, turn him into some positive performances. He clearly just needs the pressure off of him. He just needs people to just completely lay off, not focus on him, you know, focus on another player that maybe isn't playing as well. I think he just, he needs to to just have people just not speaking about him constantly. And he's probably reading Twitter and other comments and hearing things. And it just... It's going to spiral and, and obviously he's already said he's had some sort of mental issues that have affected him and I just think it's quite clear what he needs and I think just as a fan base we do just need to just sort of push back off of him and just just let him get on with things. Yeah, I think I think the natural rebuttal to that would be someone saying, well, you know, I, I pay for my season ticket, I pay for my shirts, you know, I, I'm entitled to have my opinion, but opinions can go too far. You know, if, if we go to work, you know, recording this on a Sunday night, we go to work tomorrow on a Monday and someone doesn't do their job and they've, they've had a bad few weeks and we're just sarcastically applauding a mistake they make, you know, it's not going to make them do a better job, is it? And I know football isn't really like work in that way, it being an entertainment industry, it being about results and results alone, really. But it, it is a shame, isn't it, when Posh have, you know, they want to position themselves as a family club and sometimes it doesn't feel like that because of what Jared said, you know, the sarcasm goes too far. And I, I think, you know, there's one thing taken to social media to, to be disgruntled about a player underperforming. There's another thing on the on the terraces to sarcastically mock them when something goes wrong or doesn't go right. And um it you know it definitely does go too far. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sum summarizes it quite nicely, Sam. It's um for me there's not there's not a play or well, there is a player in Joel Randall, but there's not a player that's at the level that we bought when we purchased him. He's certainly not worth a million pounds. I fully expect him to go next summer. Uh, I think Grant will 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 he'll be a, he'll play a bit part 
kind of like he has pretty much all season so far. I think he'll, we'll, we'll see him as substitute appearances. I don't think he'll get that run that he perhaps needs, Nathan. I think it, it will just be subs. Um, and I think he'll be gone in the summer and it will be a, a cut your losses type job with Joel Randall. Um, and unfortunately, one that we just add to the list uh, when it comes to the likes of Tom Nichols and, and Tyrone Barnett, which is unfair because he, he came with a lot of esteem, but he also came with a, a hefty price tag. But um, it, it, we'll see what plays out with Joel Randall. It's quite interesting to see how the fan base has reacted to that recently, though. Uh, lots of matches to get our teeth stuck into since we last recorded. So uh, Oxford, Wickham, Burton and Forest Green. Let's start with... This weekend and the most recent then. Uh, 2-1 win, way at Oxford. Uh, another game in which a red card had a say in the outcome. was brilliant for me because I had a, a build a bet of posh to win and a red card. So I'm 180 quid better off. Thank you very much. Um, but also, Sam, it's three points for posh at a time when they didn't play that well. I think it's probably fair to say. But it's a, a positive sign that they came away from that. Uh, especially being under pressure, came away from that with the with the win. Yeah, I'm actually really pleased that with with the weekend's game against Oxford that 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 when Taylor got sent off and it was two one, I'm actually really pleased that Posh didn't go and win four five six one. I think we needed a a, a close result, a, you know, something that was a bit more ground out and a bit more dogged. You know, we've seen Posh go in front a number of times away from home and throw it away. Derby, of course, the most spectacular of those. Um, Wickham as well. Um, and I forget what the third one was that we went in front and lost. Um, why am I forgetting that? Anyway, <laughs> um, it was it, I, yeah. I think I think we needed a tight game where we could show a bit of grit, show a bit of determination, show a bit of resolve, and and actually come away with with the points. Portsmouth, of course, the other one. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was good to see us get that vital second goal that we haven't got too much on the on the road um, when we've gone in front and actually actually see it out because the away form's been terrible. Um, and actually before the weekend, it was only Bolton and Charlton with a bigger points difference between home and away form um, of 11 points. We had 10 points as the gap. So the three of us were, were very good at home and, and, and not great away. So it's nice to, yeah, nice to just pick up a, another win. And um, hopefully there's a regular trickle of them now between now and the end of the season. Fingers crossed. Uh, red card seemed to, to switch. It was it uh, justified for you? Do you think it was a red card? Yeah, yeah, I think so. If that's the other way around, Sam, you're still saying yeah. For the purposes of this podcast and our discussion right now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was soft, though, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was, and, it, and were it not for the the free for all that came, I don't think the ref would have would have gone for red. I think he's no. reacted to the situation afterwards. No, but um, but we'll take it. <laughs> we will. And it was quite interesting. It's a good point you make because a lot of posh fans would have then expected us to go on and um, throw that away. Not not just because of the fact that um, we were under pressure. I'm assuming, we, sorry, I'm assuming we're staying with 11 players at this point. Obviously, you know, you, they go a man down, it changes the game. But we're at 11 v 11. It, it, a lot of fans would have been expecting us to, to to go on to lose that game, probably myself included. Um, it's a shame that that red card came because it would have been a really interesting benchmark to see if we could hold on uh, with that pressure that, they, that Oxford were putting us under because they they did they were okay. I, I mean, I don't think we played that well. I don't think they did either, but they're clearly a team in in turmoil just now anyway. Um, it's a very waffly answer and a very long way of saying that it's a shame that red card came because I wanted to see if we could. 
Um, you know, if we could benchmark that. Uh, week before, Jared Wickham away um, was our chance for revenge, I guess. Was our chance? It was billed as this big PPG, you know, rerun, uh, and we uh, we dropped the ball. We were shite. Is this Tim hosting or Kisby? Yeah, sorry, I don't know what happened there. I was having like you know a moment where I was just I don't know, but yeah, Jared Wickham, we lost. Talk about yeah, it. we did, and we were absolute shite, weren't we? Um, I was really hoping for a win there, just because. No, they're not rivals, are they? But yeah, the still leaves a bit of a nasty taste in your mouth, doesn't it, with what uh, the old PPG thing? But um, yeah, no, we were crap. That's all I've got to say, it really, Tim. But I did watch the first half of the Oxford game, and my four-year-old only, my four-year-old only lets me watch about 45 minutes of football before he gets bored. So, yeah, lucky enough, it was the first half. And yeah, it's a 2-0 win in my eyes. You'd, yeah, you turn off at half-time. We'd probably be doing all right if you turn off at half-time all throughout the season. Maybe we should just um, just do that and forget what comes in the second half. Um, prior to that, Burton, yeah, it's frustrating. Forest Green, also frustrating, Nathan. It's been... The thing is, when you look at it, look at it since we last recorded and, and you know, we've won two, lost one, drawn one, we've progressed in a cup. It always seems good, but it just doesn't... It just doesn't feel like we're achieving what we could. And I look at the league table and, and see that we're fourth and you just think, well, how? Because it doesn't feel like we've been on a run good enough to be in that position. Yeah, I think we've yeah, we just dropped points in silly situations at times. Um and obviously as Sam mentioned, just not being able to hold on to leads, you know, going going ahead away from home and then just just throwing results away and it's just maybe about having that doggedness and that sort of ruggedness to to just grind a result out, um, which obviously was kind of good to see against Oxford. Obviously, I know that that they only had ten men, but yeah, it's we need to find that. I think that's an element that that we need to somehow have if if we're going to go up. I think it's maybe something that we had um, when we got promoted two seasons ago, um, and it's something that that's going to need to to come into our game before uh, again. Sorry. Um, but yeah, with with the Burton game, for instance, I mean, it's just it's not taking chances and it's it's being sloppy at the back, you know, not having enough concentration to to just keep that result there. Um, and then obviously with Wickham, it's a bit of a grudge game. I mean, maybe less so for them, but more more so for us. And, and maybe we played the occasion rather than the game itself. Um, and again, just just threw a, a result away that that you know we we shouldn't we just shouldn't be doing. Um, and it's just frustrating. So I think it's something that. Maybe it's handy that it's happening earlier on in the season rather than necessarily, you know, towards the business end, you know, next year, um, you know, January onwards. So, yeah, it's it's frustrating and it's it's something that we need to to grind out of our game, I think. So where we're at now, Sam, we, we 46 games we've got to play in this this league. We've played 15, fourth. We are, what, we 10 off the top, uh, three away from... Uh, dropping out the playoffs teams around us have got games in hand do, do you see what I mean in terms of it doesn't feel like we should be in fourth on merit is that fair yeah I I, I agree I think it's, it's it's weird to think that we're fourth I mean again on the preview show we we're saying that we think Posh are a stronger team in a stronger league and you know we went what was it four games in a row losing um, not picking up any points. I know that's why the the gap now is the likes of Plymouth and Ipswich is is what it is. We have played more, haven't we, than than a lot of the teams below us. So there is that chance to be to be you know overtaken and, and drop out of the top six, top seven. Um, but I think you know the football cliche goes: you'd rather have the points on the board. So um, you know we've recovered well since then. 
with the with, with the victories that we've had against Port Vale and MK Dons and Forest Green and at the weekend as well. Um, it's just those, yeah, the, you know, those games where we've led and we've not held on and we, you know, it could have been so much better and that's the frustrating thing. Um, but yeah, I, you know, to be sitting here towards the end of October and feeling like Posh haven't really hit top form, probably only been in third gear, I think we'd say, and, and they're fourth, then that's really encouraging. Um, and maybe not the position we thought we would be in a few weeks ago when we were thinking about the Cambridgeshire Derby coming up. So it's really turned around for both Posh and the youth heading into that one as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's certainly good to be sitting fourth and, and, and thinking there's more still to come. I think you're right. It's those. It's when we are winning, it doesn't feel. It's not convincing, is it? I think that's probably why it's those performances that just aren't quite there. Third gear is probably a really good, um, a really good description of it because it's just not. It's just not clicking. But is that an ability thing? Is it that we're underachieving? Is it that we haven't quite found that missing piece yet? Are we worried going forward, or are we quite content? Like I said to you, Tim, in, um, previously, I've missed lots of football recently, but um, just catching up on everything before the podcast Ooh, we tonight. We know and... why now. Sorry, we know why now you've been missing <laughs> football, don't we? <laughs> the fact that you've, uh, you've got <laughs> again. But, yeah. There's been nothing good on TV, that's what it is. Um, yeah, I think, like I said, I've missed lots, but it's, I think the lineup. every time I see the lineup, I'm just not, Basically, Jack Marriott. I'm a massive Jack Marriott fan, and to see him benched all the time, I just think it's it's ridiculous. And I know we're trying to play with one up front, but you can't if you've got Jack Marriott on the bench. He is an unbelievable striker, in my opinion, and a runner games, and he's one who's going to score you 25 plus. And I like the idea of him and JZH up top. I know we've done that previously in the season, but yeah, it just doesn't feel right. Um, and looking at the table tonight, I was absolutely amazed at my fourth. I couldn't believe it. Um, just because, like you say, it's been very stop-start season, hasn't it? It's a few rubbish results, and then we have a couple of wins, and you know, I wouldn't be shocked if we end up losing to Atkins and Stanley on Tuesday night. So it's just one of them. We just we can't seem to get into a good a good reign of form. Yeah, and it's weird you say about the the, the team because I, I don't know about you, Nathan, but the the lineup when it came out for Saturday for the Oxford game, I'm looking at that initial lineup before a ball had been kicked, thinking what has happened here. It was it was like. I don't know. It was like they'd used a, a lucky dip system to pick the team. It was very disjointed and strange uh, and a weird setup. I mean, a couple of players in there did all right, but it, I don't know about you. It just feels like Grant's still trying to fit the, the pieces, you know? I think I, I half expected it purely from the fact that he'd said we had up to 10 players potentially out, which sort of rung alarm bells to me in the first place. Um, but I actually quite liked it. I just thought, yeah, you've you've given it a bit of a shake-up here and I'm kind of interested to see how this goes. Um, and, you know, I suppose technically we can say that it worked. Um, I thought Efron Clark obviously coming on, um, starting and, and getting, I think it was two assists. You know, that's, that's exactly what we've needed. And he was a player that was coming under a bit of criticism, um, you know, obviously with the... The Smodic sale and and maybe not necessarily replacing like for like and and you know maybe quality in there and, and he's obviously gone and shown actually you know I've got some ability here and, and I can make a difference. Um, in terms of the lineup, I thought I thought it looked okay to me. Um, I maybe wasn't as worried as, as some fans that I saw um, in terms of their tweets, but but yeah, it, like I said, I, I think it was good that he, he shaked things up and. Ultimately, it's it's come out as a as a result for us. So I guess we can't really complain. You know, a win is a win. As as far as 
you know, we want good results and we want, you know, good performances and we want to sort of feel as if we're, you know, one of the best in the league. I think just getting points on the board, especially this half of the season, is it's probably the key. And ultimately that 11 has brought that. So, yeah, we I guess we've got to praise the players that played and, you know, hopefully the the ones that do come back from their knocks or, or injuries or whatever they've had um, can, you know, do even better than that. Yeah, you bang on. Uh, you, you are right. It just, I think with the disjointed nature and the stop-stop, a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Picture the scene all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Like Jared mentions and his changing lineups, it's still got a pre-season yeah. feel about it all at the minute. It's like, you, you don't know, there's no consistency in the lineup. There's no consistency in the way that we play. Um, the only consistent thing at the minute seems to be that Jack Marriott can't get on the pitch. But other than that... Um, Oh, that was a little puppy dog face you just did there, Jared. Like, oh, you, you're like you're like down with Ronnie Edwards. You've got a man crush on him. I love the man. Like I say, League One level. I said it about Ivan Tony about the cheat code thing, and I think he's got that level about him. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe, maybe once upon a time, I don't think he's the player that he used to be. But yeah, maybe. But we, we can arm wrestle over that at some point. Was it Jack Marriott that got Chloe pregnant? Is that why you love him so much? <laughs> I won't be able to. I'm, well, I don't know if he pays for it. I'm alright with that. I'm sure. I'm sure he creates wonderful children. Um, uh, Sam, you've been doing some uh, some digging around the figures, particularly around um, substitutions and, and how we're doing towards the end of the games in comparison to other teams in the league. It probably comes nicely in terms of us talking about the fact that it feels like it's a bit disjointed and we haven't clicked, and yet we're still fourth because. Um, Obviously, there's a massive gap, we said, between home and away form. We've had some blistering home performances and then some some terrible ones away. And I was just doing a bit of a, you know, a bit of a look up on some of the stats beforehand. And there are only it's only Posh and Lincoln in League One who haven't scored in the final 15 minutes of games oh, this wow. season. Lincoln have conceded twice. Posh have conceded six times. So we're comfortably the worst team in the final 15 minutes of games in terms of goal difference and you know the, the points that that then equates to and in fact it's only Crawley and Rochdale are the other two teams in the in the football league at this stage now of the season who haven't scored in the final 15 minutes so not great company there um, although Lincoln have had some good results recently haven't they Ipswich and, and Sheffield Wednesday um, and then the uh, the other one was that um, in terms of conceding away from home posh 15 only Forest Green and Burton have conceded more away Interestingly, Plymouth have actually conceded 14 away, but they've scored 17. So, you know, they're banging them in at the other end, as we saw with the 2-2 draw against Bristol Rovers. Um, and then the other the other one was just about Johnson Clark-Harris because he made his 100th league appearance for Posh the other weekend. And I think it's 51 or 52 goals in those 100, which when you consider there was a season in the championship where we got relegated, that's, you know, pretty good return from Clark Harris. And, and, you know, maybe that's the reason why League One's top scorer is always going to get you a number of points, no matter how many you concede away and how bad you are in the final 15 minutes. That first stat is quite interesting. Do you think that's down to 
is it a mentality thing or maybe a fitness issue? Because that's what it that's what it looks like from the outset. From the outside, sorry. Yeah, that's always what you go to, wouldn't it? Fitness issue. I, I may be wrong, but I'm I feel like this was an issue towards the end of McCann's. I was just going to say, Sam, I'm glad that you mentioned McCann. It's not fitness. It's not mentality. It's McCann. He makes the most bizarre changes at completely the wrong point of the game and has done so consistently all through his reign at Posh. I, I know I'll cut you off this. Sam. Apologies. But right, it's right. a McCann issue for me, I think. Yeah. I'm, I mean, obviously, we'll see how those stats go. But they're comfortably the worst, aren't they, at the moment in the league in the final 15 minutes. And and you would think it isn't fitness or mentality because he's really keen on that. And and so is his assistant, Cliff Byrne. You know, they came in and and that was an issue. And they they turned it, you know, in the championship, it, they, they really turned it around because Posh had been conceding late goals. And they, they came in and they said they'd work on the mentality. They'd work on the fitness. So it, it would seem like it, it, it isn't that. But... Um, but then, yeah, what is it? Is it the substitutions? I mean, the, the pattern is now strong enough, isn't it, over the course of the season we've had to start to to be concerned by it? That's a good point on substitutions because obviously a lot of teams are changing how they make them now because obviously you can have more, can't you? So I think possibly... you got to think about it, though. If you're into a game and you've, you've had a player on for 70 minutes, they know how, say if it's a defender, they know how the striker plays. You change that up a crucial part of the game, which McCann has been doing this season. I think it's it's a dangerous tactic. It really is. Every football manager player knows that you don't change a, a defender in the last 15 minutes of a game. Every football manager player knows that. So how does Grant McCann not know that? Um, it's a really interesting point, though, though, those stats, because don't get me wrong, uh, just to, to clarify, I'm very much a, a McCannian. I love the guy. I think he's exactly the right person at the club just now, and, and I'm, I'm very much happy to have him in charge. But he has to do better. Um, his... His tactical decisions have been questionable at times this season, particularly towards the end of games, as you've alluded to. And you can't argue with those those stats that you've just mentioned there, Sam. Um, I, I think it's fair to say Grant is underperforming. Um, but I'm confident that he would be aware of that and that he'll, he'll know that he needs to do better. He very rarely puts blame directly onto the players. So I think I think he'll know that. But it's absolutely a concern if because we saw it against MK Dons. You couldn't be in a more comfortable position in that game. And then we put ourselves in a very precarious situation. We saw it out, but the point is we put ourselves there in the first place. So really interesting fact that. At Milton Keynes game, I wasn't in a comfortable position. I was in a small room with Matthew Kisby with the lights off. It's not a place you want to be there. You'll be, you'll, be, you'll be talking to your therapist about that one soon. <laughs> I've got a meeting booked on Monday. Yeah, fair play. That's really interesting. All right, then, quick break, and then we will look ahead to, well, we've got a little game against Accrington. We've got a game against Manchester United C-team in the Cup, but we've also got the small matter of a Cambridgeshire derby to preview. Okie dokie, Accrington, Stanley, who are they exactly on Tuesday night? I'm not going to go into this too much because by the time this has made it to uh, air, most of the listeners will know the results. So just very quickly round the table, give me a score prediction purely because the listener will know how far off you are as they take in this podcast. Jared, Accrington, Stanley at home. 1-0 win to Posh. Nathan. 2-1 win. Sam. I was going to say 2-1 as well, so I'll go 2-0 just to make it different. I think we draw this 1-1. 
Accrington uh, Stanton. No, I mean, you've got to be Accrington, haven't you? But they did all right against Bolton uh, Saturday. They were unlucky uh, for all intents and purposes. They also cost me a spot on my Acca, but we won't hold that against them. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it won't be as easy as posh fans think this, um, but you've got to win this game, particularly if you're serious about what we want this season. Looking ahead to next weekend, though, and it's the big one. This is the first derby day for us in the league since 2001 when we played out a nil-nil draw in South Cambridgeshire. Overall, we've got the record over Cambridge. So we've won 16, drawn 11 and lost 14. We've not lost to them in any competition since 1998. Biggest win was also back in 2001 when we won 4-1 at home. Franny Green and Dave Farrell amongst the scorers that day. Um, we championed them at the start of the season, or should I say I did. Uh, however, since then, they are in awful form. They have sunk down the table quicker than Jared at a buffet. They're now sitting 18th, just four points above safety, and with five straight defeats in the league, which puts them bottom of the form table. They're away to Wickham on Tuesday, so listeners will know how that played out. Potentially have lost six in a row. But let's be honest, form goes out the window in this kind of game, doesn't it? Sellout crowd at London Road, Jared. You cannot help but be excited for this one. No, I cannot wait for it. Um, I was glad that we... Obviously, they come up win the same division um, for games like this. It makes League One a little bit more interesting because it is relatively a, a dull league, isn't it? So, no, I can't wait. And I think we'll absolutely thrash them as well. Do you? So, do, going back to what we are saying about mentality, there is a question of mentality here. Are we playing the occasion or the team? If we play the team, I would agree with you. I think we will beat them. But do you think we'll walk over him like that? Um, yeah, no, I just think we've got more more experience in, you know, with big games and, you know, when you're under pressure rather than they have. So I think, um, no, I think 3-0 posh. I really, I've got a good feeling it'd be a great day. Massive crowd, good atmosphere and a 3-0 posh win. If that plays out, Nathan, if we do absolutely barnstorm them, it could be a turning point for our season. I know it's cliche, but but that could be a, you could look back and say that was where we unlocked it, do you think? Uh, hopefully. I mean, that point is something that we do need. We do need that game where we think, OK, we're, this is serious business now. Um, and maybe that is that is probably the exact type of game that, that maybe that can happen with. Um, I'd probably see, I, I can see maybe a 2-0 win. I'd like to say maybe 3-0, but I think comfortable, I'll, be, I'll say 2-0 for me. We'll take that. Sam, it, obviously we've got the action game between now and then, but uh, as we're sat here now, do you, do you make much in the way of changes? Are there any players that you look at and think, you're a big game player or vice versa, you wouldn't risk them in this sort of match. I'm thinking, for example, uh, Nathan Thompson could potentially be a liability in this kind of game. Is there any players along those sort of lines? Well, I think Nathan Thompson, yeah, you're always worried about him getting a dodgy yellow early on or then, a, yeah, a, a red. Um, I, I'm not too sure. I think obviously take it how how Tuesday goes. But I think, I, you know, we've we've talked about Posh in the final 15. They're actually one of the best in the first 15 and Cambridge are one of the worst in the first 15. So I think we just need to go out of the blocks. And it's that's probably a reason to play Marriott and Clark Harris, you know, really get at them, really ruffle them up. Because I think if Cambridge start to get into the game, you know, again, we don't know what's, what's happened in Tuesday's results, but they've lost seven and eight. They've lost five in a row in the league for the first time in, eight and a half years you know they're in a they're in a bad place at the moment since their manager nearly went to Rotherham and then turned them down you thought that might spur them on but it's it's not they've they've really sunk so um you know if they start to get into the game it's it's the perfect occasion for them really um being in the form they're in and I think being the being the bigger club over those last 20 odd years that you've been saying it's you know the pressure's always a bit more on 
on the bigger club. So just need to get out the traps, get at them and and get in front early on. Um, and then, you know, we know how strong Posh can be at home. So hopefully an early goal. And yeah, play play Clark Harrison Marriott. Give give Jared his his dream day. Yeah, you're quite right. And I am absolutely buzzing. Talking about players that could potentially be a liability, though, one player that springs to mind, and I wonder if any of you have heard any update on this, um, because I'm pretty sure that Oliver Norburn is due back around about now or relatively soon. Has anyone seen anything in terms of, is he training? Is he coming back to the club? Is he off to Blackpool? Any Anyone heard out? Yeah, I think the, the club have released some pictures of him doing some private training sessions and I heard more January time but yeah I think he'll be back in the new year but will he or will he be in Blackpool no I think I think he'll move straight to Blackpool but either way he's going to be playing football again yeah which is what we like to see the thing is I I do really rate him and I I think if we could keep him at the club until the end of the season I'd be quite happy with that I think he would uh he would fit in just quickly as well while we're talking about players that just seem to have disappeared uh Turns out Ryan Broom has left the club and been sold. Uh, I didn't know this. I didn't see this on any of the socials. Maybe I missed it. I don't know. Uh, but he's signed for Cheltenham. Did anyone else know that? Yeah. Oh, just me then. Good. Okay, fine. It's just me not keeping up then. That must have been a day when I was on a night shift. That's my excuse. I didn't. Did the club put something out about that? No, they tried to sweep it under the carpet. Oh, for fuck's sake. I've lined you up for that one, didn't I? Nathan was nodding prior to that awful dad joke um, about... Uh, oh, I must have missed that. So they put out a tweet saying that he's gone. I'm fairly sure they did, yeah. Ah, fair enough. That's just me not keeping keeping up with the news then. I read it somewhere, so... Yeah, I'm gutted about that. I, I think he's... I think we're going to regret that. Why? Yeah. I think we're going to regret that. You look. Yeah, but you, you do this. I know... Um, you do this, right? So, Exodus with Gia Hagen, Go Hagen, whatever his name was, right? <laughs> Absolutely shite, let's be honest. Well, rubbish football is fun fun to watch if you with the opposite team. But you loved him and you started a fan club with three people in it. Um <laughs> and then you did the same with Ryan Broom. You just choose a player, but well, you just started with Randall. That'll get it. Let's get a fan club started for Randall and get no, a bit of the thing is Big X was a bit of a meme. He, he was a bit of a, a joke while he was at the club. But I genuinely think Ryan Broom is a good player. You look at what he did for Plymouth, I honestly think that he'll will I, I think we're going to live to regret that i really do um moving past the cambridgeshire derby we've got manchester united c team in the fa cup uh away how are we feeling about this are we happy i've only just realized that joke um yeah, same here. it took me ages i was like what <laughs> Um, yeah, I, was, yeah, I was looking. I was looking for an EFL trophy game. Yeah, in Manchester. And then I realised. Yeah, so they're on the twenty ones. Are actually quite good. Um, I think it's a good draw. To be honest, um, be interesting to see. I mean, I don't think have we ever played them. I don't think we have. Um, I don't believe so. I'll have a, I'll have a quick look while you. you so yeah, I guess it would be good to have them, and, and you'd like to think that we get a reasonable crowd down there. Um, yeah. You might even sort of see Skulls and Neville and that lot turn up. So, yeah, why not? I mean, you know, FA Cup games, that's kind of what they're for, aren't they? They're meant to throw up games that you might not not necessarily have expected. And, and obviously, they're a decent League Two team trying to get promoted as well. Um, so, I think it'd be a good tie. Do we win it? Should I'd do. say so. Yeah, Sam, we winning this? Yeah. Yeah, we should do, shouldn't we? We should. I mean, I know Salford have miles of column inches and hours of TV broadcast because of 
where they've come from and who's owned them. And for that reason, the tabloid headline writers are probably gutted that Darren Ferguson isn't the manager of Posh anymore. But um, yeah, that's true. We should have enough to beat Salford. We can still be Darren Ferguson's Pete reunited for the day. Uh, Jared, you off to this one? I think we'll lose this. I really do. Oh, and would you be upset if we got out of the cup? It's the FA Cup, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I like a run. I think our game against Man City last season was brilliant for the City, for everyone. It was great. So, yeah, no, I would like a, a run in the FA Cup. So, I would be gutted, yeah. Fair enough. A couple of uh, other little sound bites just before you fellas head off. So, uh, we talked about match day prices on a previous episode and PUFC stats got in contact on Twitter. Uh, the cost of one adult or the average cost of one adult attending each club in League One. Incredible stats. Who do you think is the most expensive club to go and watch football for in League One? But the look on Tim's face, I'm going to presume it might be us. Where were you going with that, Sam? I was going to say Ipswich, but now I'm thinking it might be us. <laughs> it is us. It's not even a tie. £27, the cost for one adult. Uh, second place, £26 uh, for a host of clubs such as Wednesday, Plymouth, etc. Who do you think is the cheapest? Um, probably uh, Accrington. Morecambe? Both good shouts. Is Bristol Rovers fifteen pound cost for one adult? So yeah, we but haven't the they got expensive. Joey Barton as a manager? We are the most expensive. You think, they, you think they'd be more expensive to pay for all his fines, wouldn't you? you <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it makes us the most expensive club to go and watch football at in the league. If you're an adult, at least, anyway, which is yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, so many goals, isn't it? It's only Man City who have a better goal difference at home. So there's clearly. Value for money. I'm taking my uh, I'm taking my little ones. Their first game at London Road. First game is going to be the Cambridge game. Do you know what? I was so tempted to do the same and and take my little girl because she's been wanting to go for ages and she's got a thing for crowd reactions. She doesn't like football, but she loves watching crowds and like you know limbs and all that sort of cliche. So I thought the Cambridgeshire game would be perfect, Um, but. A, I couldn't get tickets, and B, I decided against it because as much as she would enjoy it, there's potentially a sinister side to that game that I don't want her to see necessarily. How how old, Sam, is, are you taking them at, for the first time? How old are they? Well they've been so they've been to one game before. They went to the <laughs> they went to the six two game at Bramall Lane and we forgot to take their noise cancelling headphones and thought it's okay. Hopefully there aren't many goals and there were eight and it was a massive crowd obviously. Um so three three and a half and one and a half are their ages. Sounds like um, hard work that does. Well, I'm 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 listening, helping make the the main reason for going. To be honest, is is a little uh, a little insight is that my uh, my brother-in-law is actually a Cambridge fan, and it's my niece's birthday the next day, the, her party. So I'm really hoping that by taking the whole family and posh winning, we can really rub it in the next day. <laughs> and spoil their day. Can you imagine if it backfires? Though it could be very awkward. It, yeah, oh, I just won't go. You'll have to cancel the car or break down. <laughs> I'm in Cambridge on, on the Sunday, actually, so I'll fully plan on wearing my posture if um, if it goes well. Otherwise, it will be sat in the uh, the back of the car. Uh, more excitingly, though, the Posh Girls team beat Rotherham 25-0 uh, in the week, tweeted about it, and the tweet very, very quickly gained traction to the point that the Posh Girls team then deleted the tweet because they thought it was unfair on the Rotherham players. Um, game's gone soft, right? I mean, 25-0, you're still in it at, at you know, 21-0, aren't you? But then, some, you know, some of the replies are absolutely brilliant. Could have gone either way. Love that. Yeah, but no, fair play. Stuff. It's a hell of a win, isn't it? 
Yeah, but apparently we're not allowed to, you know, celebrate that because it makes Rotherham players feel. They don't have score lines with with the kids now, do they? Um, a friend of mine he coaches teams, and I was asking him how his team's getting on, uh, but they don't have don't have score lines. It's, I used to play in a team, and that's probably for this reason because it, it did uh, upset me every Sunday because we used to lose about twenty three nil. Um, but I don't know. It just taught me how to lose, and now I don't like losing. So it's, I think it's a good thing to lose. To experience losing, rather, you should. You got to experience it, haven't you? I mentioned it earlier, just very quickly before you uh, all shoot off. Uh, Football Manager 2023 came out this week. Uh, any of you lads partaken in purchasing? Yes, I heard that it's out on the console now. Is that true? It Not now. It's, it's coming out. November. Yeah, it's coming out on PS5 and Xbox. I believe it's always been out on Switch as well. Uh, I always find it quite interesting because a lot of listeners will think, oh, it's just a game," and it is. However, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of data points in that game, and we know that the the real world professional game takes its data from Football Manager, such as the size of its database. There's even rumours that Erlen Haaland was first found on Football Manager, and that's how he's come to the problem. He was actually, yeah. Which is an incredible stat, isn't it? Mm. Incredible. So it's always quite interesting when uh, new new versions come around to see how the current squad compares to perhaps what we think they are. And what I've learned very quickly from playing it so far this week is that our squad depth is shite. And outside of a couple of really good players, we have awful quality at this club. Um and it's unfair to include him here, but Joel Randall's one of them. Ricky J. Jones is also another one. Uh, there's several players that come through that aren't wonderful. Uh, I don't know. It's quite interesting. If anyone is playing it, let us know how you're getting on. I did manage to get posh promoted, finished second, lost out to Plymouth on the final day for the title. Um, you know, Tim in is all I'm saying at this point. I think Grant. Tim, how though? Because it takes ages to do a season. It's so time consuming. How have you done that? I, I don't really have a life, mate, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> Book That's like night day, night shifts for the NHS, isn't it? Yeah, sat outside hospitals waiting to hand over patients, just sat on Football Manager on my laptop. That's genuinely it. But um... I've got an image of Derek on a drip in the back and you just uh, <laughs> clinching promotion at one Yeah, frustrated that I'd lost out to Plymouth. But, but no, let us know how you're getting on if you are playing it uh, and if any of the posh players have gone on to surprise you. Uh, the only real surprise I found to say is that our squad depth is shocking. Really and Harrison Burrow is terrible on it. Isn't he just? It's yeah. so frustrating. I was expecting like three and a half stars and it's Nothing just not. Ronnie Edwards, though, absolutely sound. Sold Isn't him to Wolves. I've, I've not played it for years, but what I always found was that same on, it was worse on FIFA. Football Manager was better, but the research of League One and below was just terrible. Um, yeah. But I guess it's probably got miles better. It's incredible. I must, must say, FIFA, FIFA have improved that hugely with because they never, like you say, Sam, after well, Premier League at one point, but Championship and below, they just didn't bother. But now, now they put a lot more effort in FIFA wise, anyway. Yeah. No, the, the data points at, at Posh that they've got are, are, are pretty in depth. Um, you're talking millions, and that's why obviously clubs buy into that data because it's, it does all their scouting for them. So, but yeah, let us know how you're getting on. Let us know if you do get the club promoted and see if you can keep us in the championship. And who knows, maybe you could apply next time we sack Darren Ferguson. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review and rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify. It helps us climb the podcast charts. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got a few more guest appearances lined up throughout the season. And join us in a fortnight. Up the posh. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.